Hello and welcome to the week 18 episode of Punt the QB podcast. We are going to jump into this with our introduction here and just talk about um, the issue on Monday Night Football with Damar Hamlin. Uh, scary scene, Tim. Uh, you, I'm not going to lie, I was not watching the game. I was uh, watching a movie with my kids uh, before they went back to school and uh, and I started getting all the text messages and that's when it started getting my attention. But I know you were watching it and I know it deeply affected you, so I'm going to hand it off to you to go ahead and talk about it. I mean, I'm not going to say it deeply affected me. I would never make anything about me. It would obviously was about Demar, and, and I, you know, was watching. What affected me about it was how, in one instance, the name on the front of the jerseys didn't matter. the The outpouring of support for I, I mean, obviously, you, if you're listening to by now, you know Demar Hamlin uh, suffered cardiac arrest on the field on on, on basically a a, a, a just a standard tackle, just a, a routine tackle. Got up for a second or two and thought, we've all seen the video, and he was rushed, you know, he was resuscitated on the field for, I mean, hands off, I mean, hats off to the medical personnel. They were amazing. And the fact that they practiced this on a regular basis was amazing. And, and we actually just, you know, everybody's been getting updates, you know, the world's been, um, like I said, he, he's neurologically sound, he's awake, he's moving his hands and feet, he, he can shake his head yes or no. He, he's scribbling on a notepad. Just awesome, awesome signs. A remarkable improvement. Super awesome. But I, what I thought was the most remarkable is the outpouring of support. If you go on social media at all, and I try to avoid it, it it's almost become a world of, of fighting back and forth and left versus right and, and, and name calling. And, and social media can be a horrible place. And it's become a whole, if you don't believe the exact same thing I believe, then you're a monster and everybody slings mug at each other. You didn't see that since Monday. You saw an outpouring of support, a, a prayer circle that came around this guy, um, the outpouring of support from both sides on the field, Zach Taylor going across the field on multiple occasions to say, hey man, whatever you want to do, we're, we're with you. Bengals players going into the Bills locker room. You don't see that. That does not happen in sports. Um, the outpouring of support on, on Twitter, the fact that his GoFundMe page for his his toy, toy drive community drive had a goal of twenty five hundred dollars, and as of this recording is at seven point five million dollars, is just it, it it really renews your faith in humanity, that we can all put our stuff aside and realize, dude, we're all in this together, and and the outpouring of humanity was just awesome to see, mm-hmm. you know. Sorry, I, I, I'm just like I said. You, we live in a world where so many, so much of it is, you're with me or against me, and there's so much slinging, and everybody gets into whatever politics, religion. It was so awesome to see the outpouring of support from everybody. Yeah, and it's it, it's it shouldn't be uh, anything to do with of what happens now with this game, what happens to this, what happens to that, or seedings and playoffs and all this stuff. None of that. None of that should matter. Heck no. It should always be about the person dealing with what they're dealing with on the field. I mean, to actually, you know, I work in the medical field. So when you're talking about the fact that you have to cut this man's jersey, cut this man's pads, you have to bring out the defibrillator and stuff like that, and you have to use CPR, and you have to keep this person alive. I mean, just uh, remarkable, just a remarkable and amazing um, group of people there that helped save that person's life. I mean, we talk about all the heroes um, and how people are, are... are heroic and people look up to football players and stuff like that. But the real heroes on the field are 
are the players that all were were standing in unison, um, protecting, protect, making that prayer circle around him, like protecting him, letting him, him have his privacy and stuff like that, so that they could work on him. And those people that helped save his life. I mean, it's just incredible. It's great to hear. Um, yeah, I get emotional just thinking about it. Yeah, no, and me too. I, I didn't mean to, to get emotional on you. I, I know our job here is to talk sports and and basically drink beer and have fun. But I, I mean, like I said, I just thought it was. The outpouring of support from everybody, it really kind of showed you that through the mud and the muck and everything, there really are a lot of good people out there. Yeah. Me, you know? I mean, everything else, like fantasy football, um, playoffs, you know, seedings, the win, the loss, the game, none of that stuff matters. You know, I mean, obviously now it's stuff that will eventually get talked about that we'll probably have to talk about too, but none of that stuff matters. Until we know that Demar Hamlin is is on the road recovery, which which now we've seen that he woke up yesterday and he he wrote scribbled down the first thing he scribbled <laughs> down I heard was who won the game. Yeah, did we win? Yeah, yeah. Did we win? And, and then the doctors like, told him you win. You, you won, won at life. <laughs> you won yeah, at life. And, and that's I mean, like I said, we we were old enough to remember Utley, Bird, Daryl Stingley, uh, all these guys on Ryan the field. Shazier, yeah. Ryan Shazier. These guys getting paralyzed on the field. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, our father's generation is old enough to remember a, a Chuck Hauser dying on the field in a Bears game in 71 of a heart attack. And and, and you, you forget, and it's that, that goes outside of football as well. Boxers have died in the ring. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, you know the, the, the cliche that, you know, people lay it all out there. But, you know, stuff like this reminds you that they really do. This is not a contact sport. It's a collision sport. And, and anything can happen. You know, and, and uh, you know, these guys all... All people talk about on Talking Head shows and all that other stuff is ratings, gambling, fantasy, entertainment, all the other, you know, all the other stuff and the reason that they draw millions and millions and millions of fans and make billions of dollars. But, like, it, it was really amazing to see the community that is football and sports as a whole, the the outpouring of support. Like I said, $7.5 million they've raised in a couple of days on his GoFundMe page for, for just so awesome, you know, in in a in a situation where a lot of people out there, uh, myself included, don't have extra to give because of the state of of the economy right now and and how a lot of us are struggling, and the fact the outpouring of emotional and financial support was just very cool. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, and uh, hats off uh, to uh, uh, Ryan Clark giving uh, after the game was canceled and stuff with with Scott Van Pelt. You know, just giving a lot of uh, you know good stuff because there was a lot of stuff that you. When you see sports people, we were talking about it before. When you see sports people um, and reporters and play-by-play guys like Joe Buck and Trey Pint, there's not much they can really say. I mean, you're just everyone's just kind of like they even said most of the time they were like, and I don't know really what else to say it right now. You know, yeah, what I mean? they they cut to what would have been the halftime show yeah. of Schefter, uh, you know, and, and uh, Booger McFarland, and, and um, a lot of them were kind of like we are at times talking about this, like. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what else to say. Yeah. They, you know, because it, it, it's not a sports story. It's a human being story. Mm-hmm. And, and I, like, I'm with you. Ryan Clark, it really nailed it. He yeah. really, you know, he's like, listen, I don't want to hear about anything else. What matters right now is that 24-year-old young man fighting for his life. Mm-hmm. And there's no way that you could have asked the Buffalo Bills community. And that was one of the things they had to bear, uh, the Bills beat reporter, who basically said, he's like, listen, the Buffalo community, there's... For for twenty and thirty year old millionaires, there isn't a hell of a lot for the, them to do in the Buffalo community. Mm-hmm. So this team is even more 
close-knit and a lot closer and does a lot more things together, and they're a very close team. I don't think there's any way you could have asked them to get out on that field not knowing what happened to their teammate. Yeah, absolutely. So. Absolutely. I mean, it, you know, it, and uh, just I just think the players, um, the medical staff, every, everyone handled it as best as they possibly could. So so hats off to them, and uh, obviously prayers and thoughts with uh, DeMar Hamlin still. I know he's awake and, and he's doing better, but still prayers that he, he makes full recovery and to his family. Absolutely. Prayers up. All right, Tim. Uh, so we're going to move on here. Um, before we get started on Week 18 games, let's talk about um, some things that happened on Week 17, besides, obviously, the Monday night game. Yeah, and that's the thing is, you know, there's not a good way to, to segue or transition. You had to talk about it, but we, we like most of the sports world, we still have to, to do our jobs and talk about other things in sports. And Week 17 notes uh, that I had, there was some, uh, the Packers won their fourth straight game, absolutely demolished the Vikings. And now, after such a horrible start, are facing a win and end game against Detroit Sunday night. Yeah, I mean, this is exactly what uh, any anybody that's an NFC North fan that's not a Packer fan is like. Oh, great! Here he did. We left the door open for Aaron Rodgers, and here's the run that that he that he that he's coming. He's basically coming. And could you imagine right now at this point if Philadelphia takes care of business and they're the one seed and San Francisco, I mean, Green Bay wins, and Green Bay goes to San Francisco, hmm. and we're back to where we started last before, year. We yeah. saw this last year where San Francisco went into Green Bay and took down the the giant that was the Packers, and now is it vice versa? Because when you got Rodgers now playing with nothing to lose, considering nobody expected him to be there, I mean, this is when Rodgers is the most dangerous. Yeah, we were talking um, in our text chain about some of the teams you have covered in the Super Bowl, some of the other stuff. And I said, hey, I, I think the only thing to me that seems missing is I think the Packers, and this was before they beat the Vikings to put themselves in this situation, are worth a small dart throw. Because we've seen it on multiple occasions where a team gets hot at the end of the year, sneaks in, and wins it all. I mean, the Giants that took down the undefeated Patriots were one of those teams that had to go on the road a couple times and, and we're lucky to get in, but you just get hot at the right time. And, and, and Aaron Rodgers has certainly been there before, and the team has, seems to have figured out what they do well, and, and they look very dangerous if they can get in. Yeah. Uh, some more things that happened week I know we got a lot of games for Week 18. Patriots beat Miami 23-21. Um, now they take over the seventh seed. They control their own destiny, and, and we'll talk about it, but they face a Buffalo team that that's – Obviously, got a lot of other things going on. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Patriots are are now the seventh seed and could sneak their way and in. And win, and they're in. Yeah. And again, we were talking about Aaron Rodgers getting into the playoffs. If Bill Belichick gets in the playoffs and it just kind of finds that right formula, you know, strange things happen. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying you couldn't beat the behemoths in the AFC, but strange things happen. Yeah. Uh, Bucks clinched the NFC South. Not that that's something to celebrate. But they were down like 21 to 6 at one point and they came back and, and they won. I mean, this is what. Brady's been doing all season long. In games that he wins, they come from behind, and they they make it happen late in the game. Yeah, I, I joked last week. I'm like, does he know the first three quarters count? Apparently, he still doesn't know. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the Panthers were, were leading the first half of that game, and I said, I'm like, you better have a nine-point a nine point lead, and, and they did not. Mm-hmm. So the, uh, the Bucks clinched the NFC South. One more. The Washington football team's up-and-down season. They are officially eliminated with a home loss to Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, this pretty much just sums up Washington's season. I mean, when you flip-flop quarterbacks like that, when you're in a position to win, if, like I said, if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I know we got 
a full 16 games to talk about. Some of them matter or don't, so uh, we're going to keep on moving. First game Saturday, Chiefs are 9.5-point favorite at Vegas. Totals 52.5. The Chiefs have won 10 straight games versus the AFC West. Yeah, well, and they're also now in the driver's seat as long as that, that Week 17 game doesn't get replayed. Um, we so. Everyone's talked about it in nauseam. Yeah. I don't think either one of us believe that's going to happen. I, I don't believe that's going to happen. So KC now is sitting in a half-game lead. Over uh, Buffalo, um, I think when you're talking about a Raiders team that's going with Jared Stidham, I understand what he did last week. I was just going to say it. Difference. Tell me that wasn't the best game of the day, though. That was a great game. It was. I mean, it, they 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 took the Niners, who are right now the two seed in the NFC. Mm-hmm. They took them to overtime, and it, it, I just think it was weird that the best game of the week was Brock Purdy versus Jared, St- uh, Jared Stidham. Because <laughs> we joked, we're like, hey, yeah. get, you know, get the Niners defense out there, get all these stuff out there. Jared Stidham looked pretty darn good. I, yeah. I mean, 365 yards passing, three touchdowns. Now he did have two picks. But, I, I mean, I'm not trying to make a case that they're going to beat the Chiefs. The Chiefs are a nine-and-a-half-point favorite and have something to play for. But I, I, I was I, I was really surprised at what Stidham gave the Raiders. Last yeah, week. true, true. But I, I don't think it really makes a difference. I mean, KC, even if they don't cover, they're winning this game. I don't think there's any... I don't think there's any chance anybody thinks that the that the Raiders are going to upend the Chiefs when you're I, dealing with the first round. I buy. tell you what, though, we said the exact same thing with the Chiefs against the Broncos last week, and and that was a back and forth game. The whole, you know, yeah, but we also said I think the Chiefs win, which they did, and they and but they don't cover, which is absolutely true. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. The mm-hmm. other game on Saturday is is the win and in game. I mean, you know, technically Packers Lions is not winning in for the Lions. This game is winning in. Mm-hmm. Tennessee's at Jacksonville. Jacksonville's a six-point favorite. Total's 40. I, I mean, obviously Tennessee can't tie, so it is a win and in for the Titans, tie or win for the Jags. And I tell you what, if they win their 9-8, and eight, they win the lowly South, but I tell you, that's a that's a really good-looking up-and-coming team. Yeah, though they, they've, they're they 4-0 and straight up. They've won their last four. You got Tennessee's lost their last six. They're 0-6 against the spread. I mean, you got two teams going in complete. Completely different directions. The AFC South is on the line in this one. I mean, I mean, and if you're if you're saying to yourself like, oh man, Sunday night game, uh, Packers Packers Lions, why didn't they make this the Sunday night game? Because obviously this is the win and you're in. Like last year, it was you know Raiders Chargers, whoever won was in, whoever lost was out. Well, if you've watched the Titans play, you know why this team, this game was not the last game. Well, it's the still t- prime watching, time. It's still prime time. A lone but, stand game. You but know. The, the lone standing game on Sunday night and put it put the put the Titans in there. No, no, thank you. Yeah, especially with job uh, Josh Dobbs starting at quarterback. Titans have lost six straight games to put themselves in this position. Mm-hmm. They were in the driver's seat. I, I mean, they they. You know, you always say the saying, all they all have to do is put it on cruise control or all they have to do is go 500 the rest of the way. The Titans could not even do that. Six yeah. straight losses. I mean, they do get here Derrick Henry back, but Dobbs was absolutely brutal last week, and I don't think there's any way he he, he improves in a week. I, yeah, I mean, Josh, Dobbs, Josh Dobbs is not the... Uh... Is not the quarterback you want there. Malik Willis is too green. I mean, yeah, this just doesn't doesn't bode well for 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 Tennessee. I think yeah, Jacksonville's got all the momentum. The Titans don't. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, obviously we'll watch, but I, I I really think the Jags. I'm not going to make a case like I was trying to make for the Packers if they could squeeze in. I, if 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 the Jags get in, they get the four seed. They'll host a playoff game. They may or may not win. I mean, nobody at the bottom of the AFC is great. I mean, if you end up playing. Baltimore without Lamar Jackson or an up and down Chargers team, they could win that game. Well, week three, 
And keep in mind that week three, the Chargers went to Jacksonville and got waxed 34 to 10. So there's nothing that says if the Chargers have to go back into Jacksonville again, that something like that doesn't happen again. Because Jacksonville proved they could put the they could put the pedal down on on the Chargers. Yeah, this really looks like for and I know we're spending a little bit more time on this game, but I tell you the Jaguars. I, I believe they're going to win this game. I believe they're going to win the division. They're going to finish 9-8. and eight. Trevor Lawrence is, looks like he's taking that next step. This looks like, to me, like an A to B year for the Jags. Mm-hmm. Jags win the division, maybe win a playoff game, fight hard, lose in the second round. And, and this is them taking the next step. Come back next year, win double digits games, maybe yeah. move to like a three seed it, rather than... Absolutely. This definitely looks like a an A to B season for the Jags that will go B to C and, next and no, no, no doubt we should be talking more about this game because, let's face it, there's a lot of junk games out there. Um, there's a lot of games that don't mean anything, and then there's some games that mean a little bit, and then there's a game like this, which means everything. Absolutely. And speaking of games that don't mean a hell of a lot, let's get right into those. Uh, of the noon slate on Sunday, we got Baltimore at Cincinnati. Uh, I know their records are both good. Uh, Bengals are a seven-point favorite. But honestly, I, I, I really don't know. We, we talked about it before uh, we started recording. If the Chiefs win Saturday afternoon, what do the Bengals really have to play for? They're not going to fall to four. I mean, are they going to fight hard and try to get the two seed from the Bills? I, I I don't know if that's even mathematically possible. We were talking about it. It might be a coin flip because of all the other, you know, if the Bills somehow lose to the Patriots and, and the Bengals win, then um, it would go to almost a coin flip because they're, they didn't play head to head or they didn't finish that game. Uh, their conference records would be tied. Uh, I, I, I don't know who or, or what plays in this game. Yeah, I mean, I know that the tiebreakers is like the, the their records against common opponents, um, and then eventually it just comes down to a coin flip if they all end up all up equaling out. I mean, yeah, I I don't know. I think you're right. If if Casey wins this game, maybe I've already heard rumblings that Burrow does not even that might not even play. Yeah, and and that's the thing is it's just like that's why as a general rule I I almost never bet the last week of the season because you don't know. You could wait up until, you know, five minutes before game time to place your bet, and you still don't know. Like, we're going to talk about the Buccaneers. Uh, I mean, Bowles is saying uh, Brady might start, but then was he going to play two series? Or You don't know how teams are going to treat, the, uh, treat these games. So to, to talk about how they're going to handle that individual game, how they're going to handle it during the game, you just don't know. Yeah. This is why you don't play fantasy championships in Week 18. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, re- really, the Ravens—they're uh, not—they're not pulling for that much position either. Yeah, they're, they're either not, five or six. Yeah, and you're not jostling for that much position. I think right now the Chargers are in control of the five spot, and the, and right now the Ravens are in the six spot. Well, the Ravens are already in, and they're not going any lower than six. And I just don't see how moving up the. Maybe moving up to five gets you to play against Jacksonville. I mean, maybe you probably want that, but you still have to root that the char- you still have to make sure the Chargers lose, and you have no control over that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Tim, rolling into the the possible two or three seed in the AFC, maybe even the one seed, the the Patriots at the Buffalo Bills. So you got two teams fighting for playoff spots here. Um, the Bills minus seven with the over under at forty two and a half. Uh, the Patriots they went in, they're in, they're the seven seed. Uh, the Bills. Uh, they have a lot more going on than football, and that's all I really could say about this when it comes down to this. I, I don't know. You're talking about the, the odds-on favorite to win the Super Bowl less than seven days ago, uh, and now you're talking about a, a team that really, you know, um, really really, it's like, you know, even me, I, I feel like, well, well, how does 
how would this put me, you know, like emotionally as, as far as rooting or rooting interests and stuff like that. I want them to win, um, especially after this. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's like one of those things where like the emotional roller coaster. I mean, where do you go from here, man? Yeah. And that's the thing is we always talk about, hey, guys, these are human beings. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they look on the field like larger than life and personalities can be larger than life and they're looked up to as more. But at the end of the day, they're just human beings like the rest of us. And a lot of these guys are human beings in their 20s. So if you're like you and me and the rest of our friends, we were different people in our 20s. I know I was. Mm-hmm. Um, be, you know, being sacked with a response. I mean, sacked. All of a sudden having responsibilities, a, a, a mortgage, a family, stuff yeah. like that, will will lead you to be much more responsible and reserved person. And and we forget, these guys are human beings. Uh, you said at the beginning of the season they were overwhelming Super Bowl odds. We talked how they had twice as many bets on the Bills to win the Super Bowl as any other team. And, and and we don't know, nobody can predict what they look like coming out of this. And honestly, that's why I don't, I, I try not to bet Week 18. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not really sure. I, I mean, the Patriots, we know what's in it for them. They have to win and be in. And Belichick's going to have them as focused as possible. So, like, I'm not going to lie. I could see the Bills winning by 30. I could see the Patriots winning by 7. Mm-hmm. I, I I really don't know what to expect from this one. So, I, from a betting aspect, I, I say stay far away. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's move on to uh, the Vikings uh, at the Bears. The Bears are getting 7. They're, they're, the, they're the home dog, and the over-under is 43. Tim, the Bears have lost 9 straight. It's a franchise record, and this is a hundred and what hundred and five year old team at this point now. Yeah, this is a team outside of that 06 season where they lost to Peyton Manning in the Super Bowl. This is a team that's had a lot of dark days the last twenty five, thirty years, and, and and to see that they them losing nine straights a record, it, it, it it's like wow. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, all you really we live in the Chicagoland area. All you really hear on sports radio and local market is. Man, Justin Fields looks like the real deal. Justin Fields, Justin Fields, and a lot of hope and optimism. Like I said, we, you know, they're in a position where they've got a ton of money next year. A lot of guys are going to be off the books. They have some draft capital, a little less now that the Claypool trade. But it, you know, fans almost say it was like it wasn't a lost season. But the fact of the matter is, they're still technically because of those nine straight losses in play for the first pick in the draft. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it, it has been an absolute train wreck. And let's be honest. The Bears are pretty much guaranteeing they're not going to win this game. They're starting Nathan Peterman at quarterback. Yeah. This guy has thrown three times as many interceptions as touchdown passes. Uh, I mean, the fact that he can still throw a football is the only reason he's still in the league. Uh, I mean, Fields has been ruled out with a hip injury. Yeah, okay. As, <laughs> as you know, be, as, as Iberfus said, the, the doctor, the medical staff ruled him out, which is just his way of, of, of trying to avoid the fact that Ryan Poles told him to sit him. Yeah, well, I think that... Yeah, this is this is a quarterback that has been getting pounded for weeks because this offensive line is terrible. This defensive line is terrible. This team is years away from from relevancy. I mean, I understand that they maybe make some draft picks and maybe pick up some free agents, but this team has so many holes. It's going to take years to get out of this whole mess. It really is, and it, you know, for Fields, I feel bad for him. Not only does he lead the league in getting sacked, but he's sixty three rush yards short of Lamar Jackson's. Quarterback rush record of twelve oh six in twenty nineteen, and here they are not gonna not gonna put. And he's not even get the opportunity, and I'm sure he had input as well. And he's he understands Mm -hmm. the most important things. His future uh, is bright ahead, but you gotta anytime you have a chance to set a record in the NFL, Mm -hmm. you feel like you want to have the opportunity. Well, let's talk about Minnesota here for a second. Minnesota hasn't gone hasn't gone under 
the 43 points that's total is since week nine. I mean, I understand that you're saying Nathan Peterman's playing, and if you're Nathan Peterman's playing, nobody has anything to look forward to on the Bears' offense um, because he's been brutal when he was when he was out there for other teams. I think for the Bills, he played for for a couple of times. I think he came in for the Chargers once or twice in some in some uh, relief duty. But uh, Minnesota, Tim, twelve and four, both all four losses, double digit losses, and we're not talking about like ten. We're talking about getting handed. Yeah, they're they're I, I always I always bring it up. They're twelve and four, but they have a minus nineteen point differential. Minus nineteen for a twelve and four team. Yeah, because they're twelve probably ten out of their twelve wins were all by like probably three points or less. And, and that's the thing is like I said, we, we talked about who's playing or not playing for the Bears. Mm-hmm. For the Vikings, do they go all out to try to get the two seed? Uh because I mean right now they're they're the three seed via tiebreaker with the Niners. Do they go all out to try to get the two seed, or do they just say it doesn't matter two or three? Let's just sit our guys and get healthy. I think you're right. I think they just sit sit their guys and get healthy because let's face it, um, you're not catching. You, you're not. Uh, you're, I mean, you might. You might if maybe San Francisco loses. I doubt it. But even if they did, what you're basically winning the opportunity to play against Green Bay. I would rather play the Giants. Absolutely. If you're yeah. going to put yourself in a position where you're going to play against the Giants at home or you're going to play against the Packers at home, I'd rather play the Giants at home. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, moving on, uh, Cleveland is at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Total is 40. Six straight games for the Browns have gone under. Mm-hmm. That, that That's all I care to mention about the Browns. You know what? The, the Pittsburgh, they win. The The Patriots lose. The Dolphins lose. And, and the Steelers are in the playoffs again as the seventh seed. Yeah, we talked about this last year. Going into the last week of the season last year, they had like a 2% chance. Yeah. We, they needed so many things to, like, the moons had to align perfectly for, the, and for them did. again. And they did. And again, they're, you're, somehow Tomlin has a very under-talented team, quarterbacked by a rookie, in position to get there. He's a Eden A. We've talked a, a ton of times how he's never been under 500. Here he is again in a position where if they win a home game, if they, like you said, Steelers need a win and a Miami loss, which is you, you we're going to talk about them in a minute, is feasible because they're starting Skylar Thompson more than likely, uh, and a New England loss. Who let's face it, they're at Buffalo. Yeah, that's highly in play. So the Steelers could absolutely sneak in, which is really valuable um, experience for their rookie quarterback. Oh, absolutely, and it it just what a great accomplishment it would be for that whole team. I mean, you're talking about a team that was. In dire straits when T.J. Watt was out. And since T.J. Watt has come back from his injury, they've maybe lost one game. I mean, this team is completely different with T.J. Watt on the field on that defense. He's a difference maker. Yeah, he's. he's, we talked about in a passing league, in an offense-oriented league, there's a handful of defensive players that absolutely wreck a game and can absolutely put their foot on a game. And obviously, you always talk about Aaron Donald and how he's just probably the, the best player in the league pure player. Mm-hmm. Um, TJ Watts right there. He, he's absolutely amazing. You said it. Um, when he's on the field, they're in a defense that can win a game because of their defense. I don't know if they win this game, but I got to tell you, I'm pulling for him just so, just so Mike Tomlin can keep that nine and eight, that, that over 500 streak going. Yeah. He's one of those guys who's a no nonsense guy that people love. His, his, his coach, his teammate or his players love to play for him. Um, it, other coaches respect him. You don't hear a bad thing about Tomlin. Mm-hmm. And, and he, he's one of those guys that's easy to root for. And let's be honest, when when Deshaun Watson's on the other side of the field, it's it's easy to not root for him. Yes, exactly. And that's a bunch of fact that uh, Najee Harris, I think, had one of his best games 
all season last last week. And uh, Cleveland is a team that has a very bad time stopping the run up the middle. So maybe Najee Harris uh, helps helps uh, Kenny Pickett get over the hump here, get to nine and eight. Yeah, let's get to some games that uh, honestly don't matter. Tampa Bay is at Atlanta. The Falcons are a four point favorite solely because Tampa doesn't really have to play. Uh, totals forty and a half. Now the Bucks have won six uh, six of seven versus the Falcons. That does not matter. They are locked into the four seed. Now Todd Bowles says Brady's going to start. I don't know if they're just trying to keep a streak of him starting alive. I don't know what they're trying to do with that. I don't know why you would risk your 45-year-old quarterback or anybody. I mean, behind, we've talked about it. Three of their five starting offensive linemen are out this year, including their Pro Bowl center. Why would you risk your 45-year-old quarterback in a game that means absolutely nothing? If he says he's starting, I don't doubt it. But I think he starts, he goes two drives and he's done. Vegas knows that. Why else would the Falcons be a four-point favorite? Yes, exactly. I mean, they are, they're brutal. Yeah. I mean, really, when you're talking about it, like all the starters might be sitting out after a, a drive or two. This might be like a third preseason game. This this is a, this is a shake off the rust, and then everyone comes sit out, sit down on the sidelines. Yeah. If, if you like third-string quarterback play or backup quarterback play like we've seen all season, get ready for Blake Bortles versus Desmond Ritter, my friends. Yeah. So now we go to the uh, the Jets at the Dolphins. The Dolphins are a one-point favorite is that right i have the jets as a one point favorite okay the jets are getting one the over under is 38 and a half tim the dolphins after starting eight and three have lost five in a row the jets after starting seven and four have lost five in a row this is a game of futility right here i mean you've got mike white versus skylar thompson and the dolphins win new england loses miami will make the playoffs the Jets' season is over I mean, but Skylar Thompson, I mean, is there any chance Skylar Thompson brings this team to the promised land, to the playoffs? Miami's 0-3 without Tua starting this season. Yeah, and that's the thing is, you know, anybody who wants to dog Tua, look what the Dolphins are without him. And let's face it, there's a lot of respect for Teddy Bridgewater out there. We always, in the betting community, we call him covering Teddy. Um, A lot of respect for him out there. Um, But let's be honest, if it's either him or Skylar Thompson, the, the Dolphins are not a good team without Tua. And, and that, you know, they're at home. They're against a Jets team that is playing for absolutely nothing. And remarkably, like you said, the Dolphins can still get in with a win and a Patriots loss, which is definitely within play. The Jets, I wanted to talk about for a second. They started 7-4. and four. And, of course, when you're in New York, the New York market, everything's amplified. So everybody's like, oh, the Jets are – they're Headed, you know, they're they're headed the right direction. The Jets are going to make the playoffs. They're seven and four. Zach Zach Wilson's in the right direction. You know, and, and now all of a sudden they're trying to run Zach Wilson out of town, and the Jets are I don't want to say bad because you know seven and nine's not horrible, but they're bad again. No, oh, yeah. I mean, this is not for the, both of these teams with what they were aspiring for at halfway through the season and even at the beginning of the season. This is this is worst case scenario from what you saw halfway through the season. Absolutely. I mean, nobody could have expected these teams to both lay down the way that they've laid down. I mean, this is a, a, a collapse on, on epic levels <laughs> for both of these yeah, teams. Yeah, I actually I saw an article on Bleacher Report talking about, will Mike McDaniels get fired? Question mark. I like, saw that too. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. He's in his first year. He's very well respected around the league. He had them playing really well. His team likes how His team it, enjoys playing. Yeah, how is it his fault? That Tua's gotten three concussions. Yeah. How was that his fault? I, I mean... I mean, and we're talking about the fact that these two teams going into their season, 
Zach Wilson was a starter for one, and Tua was a starter for the other, and both of these quarterbacks might not be starting for these teams for completely different reasons next season. Absolutely. Next up on the docket, I'm going to call this the 32nd game. Houston is at Indianapolis. Colts are two-and-a-half-point favorite. Both teams have been eliminated and have eliminated for a long time. 30 seconds go. I said the only thing that matters in this game is draft position. And uh, and then the other thing I put, uh, Jeff Saturday, one and six as head coach. And then I put, is Lovey Smith a one-season head coach for the Texans? That's all I have. Good. Do you, have, that, a, do you have a response to that? I'm is Lovey a one-season head coach? Uh, let's talk about that in the bonus episode, buddy. All right. Spoiler alert. All right. All right, Tim, let's go to another meaningless game. The uh, Carolina Panthers at the New Orleans Saints. I guess they're playing for second in the South. Bragging rights? Question mark? The Saints are favored by three and a half. The over-under is 42. And the only thing I put in this for notes is nothing on the game, nothing on this game matters. <laughs> I, The only thing I put down, what in the hell got into the Saints where they beat the Eagles in Philly last week? Yeah. I, I mean, it, it wasn't impressive offensively, honestly. Uh, Taysom Hill was was kind of the more, more factor than he should have been. Well, I think the defense finally came out and played more towards how they should should have been playing majority of the season. And when you can go after Gardner Minshew because Hurts isn't there, it kind of makes you a little more one-dimensional when you're the Eagles. Yeah, otherwise, do you care about this game? No. I do not. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. We got 325 slate, and there's a, there's a pretty good amount of them. Uh, red zone's going to be fun this week. Uh, we got Dallas is the seven-point favorite at the Washington football team. Total's 41. The Cowboys have won 10 of 11 versus the NFC East. Does this game matter at all? I mean, because if you think about it, I mean, like, is is Washington really go? Is Dallas really going to be doing a lot here? Do, are they going to? I don't really think they're going to catch Philly. The, the answer to your question is yes. Factually speaking, they can win the division if they win and the Eagles lose versus the Giants, which is up in the air if Jalen Hurts is not able to play. Mm-hmm. Secondly, they could actually technically still get the one seed. If they win, the Eagles lose, and the Niners lose or tie, they could still get the one seed. Jeez. Right. I, yeah, no, I, I double-checked it on NFL.com and CBS Sports. I was, wait, did you say the Cowboys? Factually speaking, the Cowboys are still in the play for both the division and the one seed. Is it likely that the Eagles and Niners both lose? No. No, but I but, can totally see honestly, the Eagles Dallas, doing something like this. Excuse me. Let me get the the other half of this game out of the way right away. Washington football team's limited, and they're starting Sam Howell at quarterback. They are not good. They will lose this game. Back to the Cowboys. Factually speaking, like I said, you asked the question, do they have anything to play for? They could go anywhere from the five seed to the one seed. Or the two seed. If, if like I said, I, I mean, if the Eagles lose, the Cowboys win, they win the division. And then the Niners win, they could be the one seed. And I, I mean, there is, they are playing for something. Yeah, this Jalen Hurts injury just totally put a wrench into the whole NFC. I tell you what, doesn't that prove that Jalen Hurts is the MVP? I think so. It'll probably go to Mahomes because everyone cares about what you're doing right now. It's about what you're doing right now before the season ends. Oh, yeah. You could be the MVP for 90% of the season. But if you lose, we see that in the NBA all the time. You know, you try betting MVP MVP odds in the MB, in the NBA because if he gets hurt with five games left, forget it. <laughs> I mean, the NBA for the NFL, yeah. he got hurt with three games left, and it's factually speaking, he might play this week. And what do you say we get right into the Eagles game? All right, uh, Giants are at the Eagles. Eagles are a fourteen point favorite. Uh, totals forty three. Let's get this out of the way. Congratulations to Dayball. 
and the Giants for getting into the playoffs in Dayball's first year. Yeah, it's a great that, accomplishment, and especially with Daniel Jones as your quarterback. <laughs> that being said, they're a 14-point dog because they are locked in the sixth seed. That they cannot move up to five, they cannot go down to seven. They so, are what exactly are you paying? What exactly are you playing for? Yeah, nothing. Yeah. And, and and that's Vegas knows that the Giants have acknowledged that they're basically going to treat it as a buy. They're going to get healthy, so that's why the Eagles. So are, get ready for Tyrod Taylor and uh, Matt Breida. Yeah, well, we've seen a lot of Matt Breida this year. It's, yeah, it's been mind numbing for fantasy players. I can tell you that is how many times you don't see Saquon. Mm-hmm. You know, but I mean, like I said, congrats to Dayball in his first year getting the Giants into the playoffs because that that's a very let's be honest. If you look at the teams that are currently in the playoffs, they're probably the least talented team that are currently in the playoff picture. They're the team you least expected to be be around. Yeah, and I think most of us, let's be honest, regardless of who they play, most of us expects them to be one and done. Mm-hmm. Even if they play the Bucks, which, you know, I mean, they're locked it's into the impossible. sixth seed, so it's impossible. Yeah. So, um, okay, so if you're locked into the sixth seed, they're looking at what, the Vikings? The Vikings, yeah. Which have a, what, minus something point differential? But the Vikings played against the Giants and the Vikings won earlier. They, they did, season. yes, they did. So, uh, any interest gambling in this game? No, because... Um, like I said, the spread's 14. They, the Giants, they're making it perfectly clear that they don't think the Giants are going to care too much in this game. And Philly right now is, you know, like, is, is Hurts going to play? Is he not going to play? I don't know. I don't want anything to do with this either way. Yeah, I think the one thing I want to look for is Kenneth Gainwell or Boston Scott's rush yards. Because the Eagles are fifth in rushing. The Giants are 28th in defending the rush. So there's a huge advantage there. If, if you're playing it out as a 14-point favorite, you should be. I think we're going to see a lot of rushing opportunities, so I'm interested to see the second and third string running backs over-unders. That's it. Yeah. But we'll see, because they got to get out to an early lead, Philly, if they're going to start running the running out. Because like you said, if they're going to be uh, scoreboard watching here against uh, with Dallas, I mean, Dallas is playing against a, a Washington team that's got nothing to play for, and you got a, a Philly team with the Giants team that's got nothing to play for. Absolutely. Uh, next game on the docket, we got Arizona at 4-12. and they're at the Niners. Niners are a 14-point favorite. Totals 40 and a half. The Niners have won nine games in a row. Mm-hmm. Probably wouldn't, probably them and the them and the Bengals, like the hottest teams going in right now to the playoffs. It, absolutely, and that's the thing. That matters. We saw last year the Bengals rode that all the way to the Super Bowl. Yep. Um, the Niners, they are the exception. I talked a couple weeks ago about if you look at with the top teams in each conference, what they have in common quarterback. is your quarterback has stayed healthy the mm-hmm. whole year. Except for the Niners. The Niners are a machine that keeps on moving. Nine straight wins, best in the league. And Brock Purdy has been their quarterback for at least half those. Yeah. Do you know Brock Brock Purdy is the fifth rookie quarterback to win his first four starts? You know the last two? No. Ben Roethlisberger and Phil Simms. Everything before that was like 1970s. Yeah, what do those guys have in common? Phil Simms is in the Hall of Fame. Ben will be. Yeah, and both of them have won Super Bowls. Yeah, those count too. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Niners, I mean, obviously they can get the one seed with a win and the Eagles loss. I, I don't know. I'm Vegas thinks the Eagles are going to cruise. But let, let's be honest. If Garner Minshew starts at quarterback, you just don't know. Yeah, correct. You I know. mean, and on top of that, I mean, you got a, a Arizona team that's lost six in a row and is just riding this out. Yeah, Arizona is starting David Blau at quarterback. I'm probably I butchered his name, but does it really matter? No. Uh, they're not even DeAndre Hopkins is going to sit this one out. Apparently, he's played enough football games this year. <laughs> after, after he missed somebody for PEDs. <laughs> <and stuff. laughs> exactly. So uh, 
yeah, I, I think Arizona Cardinals and their players have their cars started already. Yeah, they're I mean, ready to go. The only way Cliff Kingsbury uh, doesn't lose his job is because uh, somebody in ownership says, "Well, we just got to keep a handsome, handsome head coach." Yeah, I have a feeling we're going to talk about that in the bonus episode. Yeah. Uh, next up on the three twenty-five docket, the Rams are at Seattle. Seattle's a six-point favorite. Um, the Seattle is playing for a chance to get in. Yep. Uh, Seahawks will get in with a win and a Green Bay loss or tie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's literally a they win and Detroit wins and Seattle is in. Um, the the Rams. I mean, zero and six their last six road games. The Rams eleven losses, which is the most ever by a super a previous year Super Bowl winning team. Um, I mean they they have a, a league leading eight losses by double digits, and it's probably going to be nine because Seattle in Seattle with this purpose to win here and some of that you got a, a Rams team that I don't know is trying to see what they have with Baker at quarterback. And they're missing pretty much a lot of their their best players. Yeah, I mean, obviously Cooper Cup's out. Um, Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald's out. Uh, Allen Robinson's been out for a while. Stafford's uh, out. Obviously Stafford. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, to, to say they're defending champs for, I, I guess, one more week is uh, <laughs> is the best compliment you can pay this But team. you know what? Obviously, if you were a Rams fan, would you have traded it? No, I wouldn't have traded it for this. If, if you were to say... Oh, if you give up the Super Bowl, you don't have a season quite like this. I'd be like, no, I'll take the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, obviously, yeah. yeah. You would trade a Super Bowl for four straight losers. This, this was a Rams team that's the, that Rams team last year sold themselves, and I think they just didn't knew that. No, oh. didn't know it was going to come due as as quickly as it did. Yeah, they didn't think the bill would come that quick. Yeah. They thought they might get dessert and coffee. They did not. It is <laughs> enjoy your 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 ribeye steak. Um, for Seattle, one more thing I want to say see about Seattle before we move down to the next one. Either way, whatever happens, um in this game, or whether they make it or not. I think it's been a really good season for them. Um, they're currently in the three slot for the draft next year, and people thought they'd be there on their own, not with Denver's pick. Yeah. they. I mean, Geno Smith was a reclamation project at best. Most people thought Drew Locke was going to start the year. And, and I, I think regardless of what happens with them, with all the picks they got, they are set up to be pretty good for Yeah, you. well, and even if they don't make the playoffs this season, you're still talking about they have two picks in the first 15 next season. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just wanted to get that in. Uh, next game on the docket, we got the Chargers or at Denver. Denver's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Total's 40. The Chargers are either the five or the six, and it doesn't really matter, which is, of course, why Denver's favorite in this game. Yeah. I mean... Bronco season is going to mercifully come to an end. <laughs> it has been brutal. I, I don't know that Denver is going to get that many nationally televised games anytime soon. No, they don't and, deserve and, it. And, and, and the public needs to be kept away from them. This is <laughs> this was a dumpster fire on all points. Yeah, Nathaniel Hackett has already been fired. You can't fire Russ because you just gave him the bag. So the best thing I can say about the Denver Broncos season is it's almost over. Yeah. That's that's probably a good thing to say about it. Plus, you have to wonder how many people are actually going to be playing on the Chargers when you're basically stuck. Yeah, in that it, five, it, six Vegas five. knows that. If Vegas makes Denver a two and a half mm-hmm. point favorite, they know something. Um, Broncos are currently gifting the Seahawks the number three pick. I've already talked about that. Mm-hmm. It's there's not a hell of a lot to watch in this game. No, but much much of what's going on in the NFL in most of these games. All right, Tim. Uh, Pack Lions at Packers. Uh, the Packers are favored by four and a half. The over under is forty nine. Um, yeah, I mean, this is, this is Packers win and they're in, and here we are with Aaron Rodgers again. And this is exactly those spots, like last week with Brady, 
you know, we thought maybe Carolina was going to be able to see them as Brady just started doing Brady things in the fourth quarter again. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's still a quarterback-driven league. And uh, I'm not saying they're winning because of Aaron Rodgers. If you look at his passing stats, he hasn't really put up a ton of pass yards. But they have found the winning formula that made him the one seed last year. They are playing hot. They are on fire. Uh, hats off to Detroit. They started 1-6. and six. To even be in this position where if they win and if Seattle loses, and then they'll go in. But I tell you what, even if Seattle wins and Detroit can't get in, don't tell me they're not going to fight their butt off. They fought their butt off all year. They were 1-6. They've come back. I feel like even if Seattle wins the game before and Detroit's playing knowing they can't get in, I think they have every aspiration of still trying to keep the Packers out. Yeah. You know, um, I think this will be a good game. I think you and me and the rest of America will be watching. Um, I, the Lions did beat the Pack 15-9 back in Week 8. I, none of that plays in effect mm-hmm. because um, two teams, both teams are playing much different. The Lions are a much better team at home. But um, a lot of this, to me, screams Packers. Well, you know, the Lions are nine and zero against the spread in the last nine games they've in the last nine division games they've played. I say division games, yeah, yeah division games. But that doesn't Carolina. mean that the Packers don't end up winning. <laughs> like, right? They it, might win and, and not cover. But um, you know, like the the Lions are up for Rodgers to do his thing again. That's what I think. That's what that's the one thing that keeps coming up to me. The Green Bay defense is finally playing. The last couple of weeks they've been playing exactly how they've supposed to be playing all season long. I know that they've been having some ish- injury issues all season on defense, so that they're finally coming together and playing like a defense that actually is a playoff defense, a defense that was the one seed last year in the NFC. You got they're finally working in. You could see that the they've got a better mix of. Not so much as that they're mixing in their running backs, but they're using the right running backs for the right games to to fit the, what they want to do with their game plans and stuff. I mean, I know Jared Goff, his last six games, he's got 14 touchdowns and zero interceptions, but playing on the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field has a different aspect to it than anything else he's been doing. And I think that... Unless he plays for the Niners. <laughs> I, think this, I think you're right. I think this totally sets up for the Packers to pull this off, be the seventh seed, and possibly wreak some havoc in the first couple rounds of the playoffs. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, best bets time, buddy. Yeah, best bets time, man. Uh, you, you do you have three? I don't have three because this. I got to tell you, this week is pretty. It's pretty. Yeah, I, I I was gonna say I've said it a couple times on this broadcast. I I always have the caveat. I I know we gamble. We mm-hmm. love to gamble, and we're gonna do DFS because it's fun. Try not to bet week eighteen, guys. Mm-hmm. I know if you're gonna watch, you want to get some action on it. it I, I've always avoided Week 18. That being said, I do have three best bets. So I, if you don't, I'll go first. Go ahead, man. I, I've only got I've only got two. Okay, I got Green Bay minus four and a half. Just mm-hmm. uh, the way they've been playing, it, it, I I I commend the Lions for the season they've had. The fact that they've come back and they fought hard. Uh, basically, uh, again, being a, a lesser talented team in most of these games, but the way the Packers are playing, I can't deny them. Yeah. All right, I'm going. I'm going to the Pittsburgh game. I think Pittsburgh, uh, playing against Cleveland, I like Pittsburgh minus two and a half. Uh, I think that the way that they, they've been playing sets perfectly up for for this game. Cleveland with Deshaun Watson, and they've been all over the place. They're totally Jekyll and Hyde. T.J. Watt changes the dynamic of games, and this sets up for Najee Harris um, and Kenny Pickett, to Najee Harris to drive this team down the field with, with power running up the middle because that's what Cleveland has a hard time stopping is run is is running up the middle and Kenny Pickett doing just enough to get Pittsburgh over the hump here and win this game. Absolutely, I like it. Uh, my second, Jacksonville minus six. I, I know the old adage about Tennessee versus the South. Well, this is not your grandpa's Tennessee, if you will. 
the Titans are not good. Um, it's amazing to me how much they miss Ryan Tannehill. I know Henry's back, but the Jags have been playing really good football, and I feel like this is their coronation of AFC South champs for a couple years to come. So give me the Jags minus six. You know what? That that If I was going to play a third play, that would be it. And that would be horrific for us, considering we've lost every single one that we've yes, agreed on this away. year. stay away. Say nothing. So, but I'm going to go with the Vikings at the Bears under 43 points. This is, if Nathan Peterman is the quarterback for the Bears, the Bears are not going to score a whole lot of points. And I don't think Minnesota cares to score a whole lot of points. I think they're going to look to try to stay as healthy as possible in this game. Um, they're pretty much locked in as the three seed. You're not going to probably catch San Francisco when San Francisco's a 14-point favorite over against a lowly Arizona team. So they're pretty much locked in in the three seed, and I just don't really see what any of these guys are going to play for. I mean, maybe Justin Jefferson, with besides last week, if he didn't have the week he had last week with Jair Alexander kind of shutting him down and, and him getting really frustrated over that, he's 190-something yards away receiving That's not away. Gonna he's yeah. not going to do that. Jair Alexander really messed up that so, man's but. So I don't think you're going to see much of the Minnesota offensive starters. I don't think you're going to see a lot of a lot of the defensive players either. There's a couple of uh, I think Zadarius Smith. Um, he's got like a, a bonus if he gets an extra sack. He should be able to do that fairly early in this game because Nathan Peterman's not a good quarterback, and the Bears have one of the worst offensive lines in football. I think this game goes under the 43, uh, and that's my that's my second and and final pick. Yeah, and my third, I, I'm going with the Bengals. They. They are a, a still a season best against the spread. I've been riding them for a while. I know we talked in their game about what would they necessarily play with. Even if we see some Bengals backups, Tyler Huntley has been brutal. The Ravens have been absolutely brutal without Lamar. And I, I even if we see half the Bengals, I still want the Bengals minus seven. All right, man. Yeah, I mean, I I can't fault your logic there, but. Man, there's some good there's some good there's some good talent on this Ravens defense. Roquan there and they've got a whole bunch of good people there. I mean, Roquan could be one of those deep sleepers for for defensive player of the year. With deep sleeper. Deep sleeper. <laughs> but I'm saying like he had a he had a really good year. I mean, there's he he he's up there in tackles and tackles for losses yeah. for, on the season. I I hear you. Um all right guys, we we've got our bonus episode coming up. So please stay tuned for that. We're going to have uh Basically, a lot of fun stuff to talk about, uh, sports topics, stuff that, you know, we, we didn't have time to cover or uh, just we tend to have more fun with it. So, uh, yeah, it's check gonna, out the bonus episode. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a whole bunch of different stuff. It's not going to be just so much fantasy driven as most fantasy seasons are over. But we are going to definitely talk about a lot of stuff here and, and, and we're going to try to have a lot more fun with it. Obviously, the start of this episode kind of set the tone for the whole episode. So. Um, hopefully we kick it up a notch in the next one. All right. Thanks for sticking with us here. We'll see you guys uh, in a couple minutes for the next one.